0: the Reorg Europe podcast, your weekly roundup of the most interesting trends and developments in performing credit, stressed and distressed, restructuring and post org in the European and SEMA markets. It's Tuesday, January the 24th, I'm Caterina D'Assier. Coming up this week, high-yield editor Robert Schack will take us through the highlights in the primary markets so far this week. Reporter Andrew Ross will discuss the second conciliation procedure of French Care Home operator Orbea. And finally, reporter Farouk Baloch will talk about a list of issuers with near-term maturities which may find it challenging to refinance their debt. But first, a list of upcoming deadlines, meetings, hearings and announcements connected with MIA and CMEA credits this week. Tomorrow, there is a court hearing to implement Bear's Bitco's acquisition of UK waste management company Bifa. And then, uh, as mentioned in podcast last week, the UK value retailer Matalan finalized the terms of its recapitalization with first-line lien-secure no-holders in an agreement that marks the conclusion of its strategic sale process. The transaction is scheduled to complete on Thursday, at which point ownership of the business will transfer to the note holders. Hi Rob, how is the primary market looking at the moment?
1: Hi Kat. It's still pretty busy while sentiment keeps improving. Deals are printing tight relative to guidance while fresh supply is coming through. This week we had several bond issues come to market. Italian specialty groups Italmatch is marketing 700 million euros in senior secured fixed and floating rate notes due 2028. The new issue is part of a deal under which sponsor Bain Capital will sell a minority stake in the business to Saudi investment fund Dussur, which will inject equity into the group. Itelmatch will use the new note proceeds and equity to redeem its outstanding 615 million euros senior secured notes due 2024. The deal is whispered to price at around 11%. According to REORG's first take analysis, the average yield on comparable issuers is 8.14%. However, Itel Matches brings the deal at peak EBITDA and is starting to face a volume drop, while it also has cyclical end markets and weak cash generation, so a premium looks justified. In terms of documentation, the new senior notes face a higher risk of value leakage compared with the existing notes, but positively, they introduce a J.Crew blocker to prevent material intellectual property from being transferred outside of the restricted group. A portability exception to the change of control put option has also been introduced according to REOC's Covenant analysis. We also have Swedish monitored alarm services group Veritas which priced a €450 million senior secured note due 2028 at par with a 7 and an 8th coupon after upsizing the deal by €100 million. And French equipment rental group Kilo2 launched €150 million 4.5 year senior secured FRN to refinance the debt it incurred to acquire GSV. The notes will pay your rival plus 550 bips. Buy side has seemed pretty constructive on the deal so far.
0: And have there been any new loan deals this week?
1: No, but Safety Clean remains in the market with its new 490 million euro term loan beat due 2027 to extend and refinance its existing first lien euro loans due 2024. The new term loan is guided at an OID in the 95.5 area with a margin of your rival plus 500 bips. As part of the deal, the group replaced 120 million euro equivalent sterling term loan B. Meanwhile, Nord Anglia Education tightened price talk and accelerated its $1.9 billion equivalent cross border term loan B, amend and extend plus new debt transaction, to 97.5 to 98 for the euro tranche and 98 for the dollar portion, with margins now at Euribor and Sofa, 475 bips. The Global Education Group faces some potential regulatory risks as well as foreign exchange risks as a result of an unhedged mismatch in terms of its debt and earnings, but these are more than offset by its strong track record in terms of growth as well as academic success, global scale and diversification, clear pricing power and supportive sponsors, BuySight said. Investors are still expecting US data analytics group Nielsen IQ to come to market with the financing to support its tie-up with GFK.
0: And what is driving the current strength in primary?
1: Well, high yield inflows accelerated last week, reaching their highest level since the summer last year, according to Bank of America. It was the fourth week in a row of inflows, with global and euro-focused funds recording inflows, but US-focused funds recorded a marginal outflow. Meanwhile, CLO issuance has also been pretty strong. And given that most of the deals in the market have been refis rather than debut issuers, there is a lot of money still waiting to be deployed.
0: Thank you, Rob. Hey Andrew, last week we published several updates on Orpea's ongoing conciliation process.
2: Yes, Orpea has been keeping us busy. One of the big updates was the French court's rejection of a challenge to the uh, opening of Orpea's second conciliation procedure by a group of mostly Shulshain lenders and a group of minority shareholders called Concert O. Another big update was the news that Orpéa's restructuring talks with a consortium of French third-party investors led by Casta-Depot and a group of unsecured financial creditors that hold about 50% of the company's €3.8 billion unsecured debt have come to an end due to disagreements over the company's valuation.
0: So let's start with the French court ruling. Why were lenders opposing Orpéa's second conciliation procedure?
2: So the group of Schulstein lenders and minority shareholders objected to the opening of the second conciliation just four months after the approval of the first one, which was intended really to solve the group's financial difficulties. In particular, they are opposed to how unsecured lenders were, they feel effectively primed by Orpea's core French bank lenders known as the G6 creditors. They asked the court to suspend the second conciliation procedure, which was launched on October 26th, and appoint an independent expert with a broad remit to embark on a fact-finding mission to gather evidence on fraud on the part of Orpea uh, to assist with future litigation against the group.
0: So the unsecured creditors believed that they were effectively primed by Orpea's core French bank lenders. Why?
2: Well, under the approved conciliation protocol in June, The G6 creditors were granted extensive security in exchange for potentially in excess of €3 billion of funding via term loan A, B and C. The unsecured lenders were excluded from these discussions under the first conciliation and several of the lenders were not asked to participate in the term loan C syndication, the only part that was open to non-G6 creditors. Whitebox, which holds €40 million Euro of convertible bonds, told the court that Orpea deliberately chose to negotiate with its bank creditors of the G6 group and to exclude all its other creditors from the conciliation by granting exorbitant guarantees. So the unsecured lenders are aggrieved because the G6 Secured creditors will not be affected by the outcome of the second conciliation in which the group is proposing to equitize 3.8 billion euro of unsecured debt and dilute existing shareholders via a 1.3 billion euro rights issue as such white box said this two-step strategy sought to establish a class of privileged creditors upstream uh, of the discussions on the real restructuring
0: but the court rejected the challenge. Why?
2: In short, the, the court couldn't find anything in the statements made by Orpea that would indicate the presence of fraud. The court also took the view that appointing an expert with an open-ended remit to investigate Orpea and demand access to confidential documents would be disproportionate and would essentially supplant the role of the court itself. However, the public prosecutor did offer some criticism of how the two conciliation procedures had been handled. He noted that having two procedures so close together is extremely rare and said somewhat obliquely that uh, having the same person as agent for the implementation of the protocol of the first conciliation and then as the second conciliator was at least least raises questions.
0: Okay, thank you, Andrew. So you also mentioned that Orpea's restructuring talks with a consortium of French third party investors led by CDC ended. Can you take us through this?
2: Yeah, Orpea put out a statement last week detailing that these talks ended due to disagreements over the company's valuation. In the weeks leading up to this announcement, REORG reported that proposals from the CDC were not convincing unsecured creditors. Twice in recent weeks, the institution had softened its position, increasing its offer to provide capital to uh, 1 billion euro from 700 million euro before proposing last week an investment of €1.2 billion or 80% of the €1.5 of new money Orpea said it needed for the plan of its general manager, Laurent Grillo, to be implemented. CDC agreed not to hold a majority stake in the business uh, provided it had a board majority. However, this did not materialize, and Orpea said it will continue discussions with the group of unsecured financial creditors whose support is required to reach an agreement on the restructuring plan communicated on November 15th.
0: Thank you, Andrew. Hi, Farouk. Last week, you published a piece about uh, issuers with near-term maturities, noting that they might find it challenging to refinance the debt. Can you share some of these names and tell us why refinancing their debt will be difficult?
3: Thanks, Katharina. Sure. Um, we talked about credits with short-term maturities, mostly 2024 maturities that have yet to refinance their debt. Some of the names the report mentioned are gaming company Intralot, automotive supplier Adler uh, the offshore services company Solstad, but also names like Italian, EG Group, Stonegate, Schuler alibert and Progest. So if you look at the recent primary deals, you notice that it is mostly stable or repeat issuers such as interim or house of HR or the ones benefiting from the post pandemic recovery such as Air France, KLM that have been able to successfully refinance their debt. And even those had to offer high single digit coupons which will eventually weaken their cash generation down the years. So what does that tell us? In the current high interest rate environment, refinancing debt will be tough and the issuers with low cash-generating abilities are likely to be more vulnerable and will probably have to seek alternative ways to meet their financing needs.
0: Okay, that's a good summary of the report, but you mentioned about two dozen names. Can you give us a few examples of credits with the most significant refinancing risk?
3: Yeah, sure. Um, German auto uh, auto parts supplier at is among credits with significant refinancing risk. It has uh, 81 million euro in bank debt maturing this year, and another 425 million maturity coming due in 2024. Our sources say that two shareholders, uh, the Scudieri family and HTC, are considering a significant equity injection to support the refinancing. The company tried to refinance in April 2022 before, but postponed it due to a difficult primary market the notes are quoted in the low 80s at the moment so it will uh, it looks a bit challenging for a refinancing and will probably depend on how large the equity injection is going to be some sources we spoke to suggested it should be between 100 million and 150 million
0: so it looks like there is support from shareholders willing to put in new money so what's the concern then
3: well let's assume that the company was able to refinance at 9% which is the average yield of performing triple C-rated bonds. Their interest payments would rise by about 21 million euros on a yearly basis. So investors may not be comfortable because that is roughly equal to the free cash flow the company had in the last 12 months.
0: Interesting. So what other credits do we have in the list?
3: Solsad is another company facing maturities next year. It's a Norwegian offshore shipping group uh, with roughly $1.8 billion of debt maturing uh, next year. Uh, even though the offshore supply and service markets have recovered significantly, Solstad has already booked a material part of its fleet for 2023. So This means that the Group is unable to capture high day rates before the debt is due in March next year, which could make our pre-financing difficult. It's also worth mentioning that uh, Norwegian billionaire John Fredrikson acquired a material position in the Group's senior secure fleet loan last year. He's expected to become a key player um, when the company attempts to refinance. And um, in that case, he will go head to head with um, rival shelling a the company's largest shareholder who holds about a quarter of the company's equity through Ecker Capital.
0: So what's the latest development there?
3: According to our sources, lenders heard pitches last week. So that's the latest we've been hearing. Another name, by the way, that I'd like to mention, Katharina, is Stonegate. Uh, it is a UK pub chain. Uh, about a quarter of its uh, 530 million pounds securitized bonds is due next year. It also needs to address a 223 million RCF due in September 2024, and that's not all. It has another maturity of 2.2 billion in 2025.
0: Why do you think they will struggle to refinance the debt?
3: Well, some investors say refinancing at higher rates could make their capital structure unsustainable stonegate has burned 16 million pounds of free cash in the last 12 months A refinancing at a double digit rate uh, in line with their current yield would lead to nearly 100 million of interest payments and there are more credits with similar risks Um, for example italian construction company we build the group's 500 million bond is due in october 2024 the bond is quoted at 92 and yielding 6.6 percent compared to a coupon rate of 1.75 percent so let's say the company refinanced at, refinances at 6%, it would lead to additional cash interest of 24 million euros every year.
0: I see, so are there any credits that are already seeking alternative financing options?
3: Yes, yeah, so for example, the printing and packaging company Flint Group has hired PGT and the law firm Kirkland & Ellis. Uh, while we reported last week that the lenders appointed Julian Loki and Lethem to work on an alternative deal The company has maturities coming due in March 2023 already, but the bulk is due in September this year, and there is a small amount coming due in 2024.
0: Thank you, Farouk. We send a weekly roundup of free org content, ranging from breaking news to in-depth financial and legal analysis, as well as the latest podcasts that you can listen to and webinars that you can register to attend Sign up to the newsletters now at reorg.com. We would like to hear your feedback to help us improve the podcast experience. So please take a moment to complete the survey at the link attached to this podcast and let us know how we are doing. More information on all the situations and events discussed in this podcast are available on our website reorg.com. We hope you can join us next Tuesday for another Reorg Europe podcast. Until then, have a great week and thank you very much for listening.